0: We always just go for it. (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. Um, I'm so glad that you are here listening with us. Um, I'm Christine and I'm here with Nate. That's me. And Sam. And me. And so we're continuing our series uh, on things we wish we knew. Yeah. Um, But we're kind of taking a a new turn on this. Yeah. What are we doing this week?
0: All the previous episodes have been about things I wish I knew about various aspects of faith and life. And now we're going to talk about various aspects of things I wish I knew about marriage Mm. and relationships.
1: Can't wait to gain some wisdom from you, you guys. You have a lot of experience there, Christine. <laughs> yeah, really.
0: It'll be interesting to hear your
2: perspective, honestly. Because yeah. I think you've seen people be married and do a good job or a horrible
0: job, right? I so. mean,
1: that's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all have. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about their stories. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> nothing personal for no. the next yeah. couple of weeks. <laughs> no. So within each episode, there'll probably be a handful of things that kind of run around the same kind of theme uh, of things I wish I knew. And today, like, we're going to talk about just what, what does it take to make a great relationship in, in regards to marriage? And so mm-hmm. things I wish I knew. And, and one of them is that, like, great relationships, great marriages don't just happen, mm-hmm that you have to work hard at it and they have to be created together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the myth is sometimes like, oh, if I marry the right person, it'll be easy, and it's almost kind of it's almost like people are surprised when they have to put hard work and effort into a relationship yeah Mm -hmm. and so i think this is just one of those things like you have to understand like hey just because you're a great match and just because god brought you together or whatever however you want to frame it that doesn't exclude the necessity for hard work and effort in a relationship Mm.
2: yeah i mean i think that like and i Maybe I did know this. I don't know, but I, I do feel like one of the things that I w- wish that I'd known before I got married was that, in in my experience, the number one, the number one tool that makes a marriage work is stubbornness. But it's like stubbornness in the right direction, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like stubbornness in terms of commitment to the other person, right? Yeah. and and the relationship, and I the marriages that are successful. It's not that they don't have incredibly difficult times, mm. but um. The ones that that tend to last for a long time, I feel like I see people that are just like, "Nope, <laughs> not not gonna stop. <laughs> yeah. Like you're stuck with me." Yeah, and uh, and again, like there's lots of nuance to that, mm-hmm. right? Like there's mm-hmm. lots of ways that can be unhealthy, and there's lots of ways that you can be healthy without it having a negative term
0: like stubbornness associated with it. But I think you get what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's more like this relentless determination. That's a better way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> because those kinds of relationships, those kind of partnerships are built on this foundation of like hard-worn worn, worn earned, hard earned trust Mm -hmm. that you accrue and build over time. And that's through hard times because every, even great marriages will go through hard times Mm -hmm. and and you will have differences whether it's, and and you'll face difficulties, whether it's health or financial, and you have differences of opinions on politics or how to raise a family or anything else. But it is that stubbornness as you call it or relentless determination to be like, no, we, we are going to make this work. And, and it's, and it's even in those small moments of laughing together or or Mm -hmm. sharing, um, uh, you know, sharing moments or uh, you know various things that you that you do together, uh, sharing a meal or watching a movie together. Um, you know, having that sexual experience together. It, it's those things that also it's the relentlessness and the stubbornness there that you have to work on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I've seen and experienced, for example, is that after a fight. Mm-hmm. It requires, it requires a conscious choice to say, I mean, forgiveness is like a choice, right? Kind mm-hmm. of saying like, I am going to act as though we are still in love, even though there is maybe some hurt or some bitterness or mm-hmm. some of these carryover emotions, but to simply say, I'm going to treat you as a person that I treasure. And as you know, the person that the, the Lord has given to me as, as my partner Mm-hmm. and i'm going to make that choice to treat you that way and do the things you were talking about sung crack jokes you know um engage physically or whatever mm-hmm. even if there's like sort of like residual baggage. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And next episode, we'll talk about residual baggage and conflict and arguments and all that good stuff. Wait, (laughs) I got all sorts of stuff on that one. (laughs) And my wife doesn't really listen
2: to this podcast that often. So I'll tell her just to skip that one. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) And and she says, she actually said she gets the Nate show all the time and she
0: doesn't (laughs) want to also do that when I'm not around. (laughs) Uh, she doesn't need that, yeah, all the yeah. time, right? <laughs> I, I think kind of go, going along with this whole idea of stubbornness in terms of commitment to the relationship is—is is this idea? And I don't, remember, I don't remember the title of the book offhand, but this whole idea of that, like uh, creating a storehouse of uh, of uh, goodwill mm-hmm. is, is, in a relationship, is like putting money in the bank. It's like mm-hmm. depositing. Mm-hmm. Um, something in the other person's emotional and relational bank account yeah. mm-hmm. and every time you have those moments you're making a deposit and every time something there there is uh, resentment or bitterness or arguments or whatever misunderstanding you're taking a withdrawal and so this is the idea of like you can't The the idea of you, 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 they don't just happen. You need to invest Mm -hmm. and it accrues like interest over time and, and small continual deposits make a huge difference. And that you can't, you can't ever get to the point of, even if you're married decades to be like, oh yeah, we got this figured out. I don't need to make investment in this relationship. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so Christine, you haven't been married, <laughs> but you've been in relationships. Have mm-hmm. you experienced that to be true? Like you've been in some longer term relationships. Have mm-hmm. you? Expe- I, I always thought of it as like relational equity in some yeah. ways, you know, mm-hmm. that like you, like you said, you deposit and you withdraw. Have you experienced that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, th- this imagery is like really helpful for me because it also there there's like that that phenomenon which i think we've even talked about like maybe in sunday sermons where it's like we hold on to the negatives longer mm-hmm. than we hold on yeah, to the positives yeah. and yeah. so it takes like conscious effort to not only like have those positive moments but to say more than keeping a record of wrongs i'm going to keep like a record of rights mm-hmm. right like i'm mm-hmm. going to keep like i'm going to remember and store away mm-hmm. not just have these and let them pass Um, but like intentionally, you know, remembering like the kind things that were said and like the good moments that were had that, um, I think that can make a big difference. Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. And I also think that you can, again, marriage or our lives in a lot of ways, but marriage especially is like an accumulation of habits. Right. And Mm -hmm. so the way that you relate to that person, you can either be creating a habit of remembrance Mm -hmm. and thankfulness. Um, uh, or you can be creating habits of holding grudges and sort of nitpicking, and and those things become the accumulation of those habits becomes your relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of another idea from another book, um, I remember the author Gary Chapman. Oh, love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, classic, classic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and for again, for a lot of people, that whole idea is pretty. Uh, it, it's a, a, a big breakthrough. I, I know it was for us when we were uh, young and married because, you know, just th- this idea that love isn't just a feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you get the butterflies when you pr- hold a person's hand. And, and there's this thought that like, oh, that that's what love is. Actually, that's not, mm-hmm. right? And, and love is actually um, an action that that expresses care uh, 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 um, how am I? How how do I want to say this? Like that expresses care that is received by the other person, Mm -hmm. not the way that you want to give it. Yeah.
2: Mm Yeah, that man, that is a great, that is a great things. I wish I knew. <laughs> I, I mean, here's a perfect example. Uh, I grew up like my family isn't very gifty. Mm. We just, it wasn't, I mean, we just didn't do, I mean, we certainly exchanged gifts, but not the way um, Amy's family does mm. for them. Mm. Gifts, it was the center point for a lot of their holidays. I mean, I remember like on Easter, I got a bunch of gifts Yeah. And when I was like, well, Easter gifts, like,
0: why, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, why, what even is that? You yeah. know?
2: Um, but I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't realize that receiving gifts was a way part of, part of because of how she's wired, part of because that's how she grew up. That was Mm -hmm. a big way that my wife received Mm -hmm. love. And so just because I didn't feel like it was significant to give a gift didn't mean that it wasn't hurtful to her when When I didn't. didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's, it's the love languages book is sort of predicated on saying you need to give what the other person can receive. If they're Mm -hmm. really going to
0: experience that you love them and the mistake is often I'm going to give you what I like yes. because and, and all humans do this, right? You, you project, uh, what you receive as appreciation and value, and you think the other person will also ha- holds the same level of value and appreciation, or like, or they should. I mean, that's, should. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Like, wait
2: a minute, isn't quality time how everyone should? Re- that's right. really, yeah. that's right. really the best way to give and receive love.
0: Yeah, and, and this does go back to family of origin because again, yeah. a- Amy and I, our families as well too. Like, I remember when we first got married. one, when, whenever we celebrated holidays, like in my family. Um, we didn't, we, well, we didn't spend a lot of like quality time together. Cause my dad was a, a a pastor before that he was bivocational being a pastor and an engineer. My mom was a nurse. So just time together was not, um, really there a lot. They kind of substituted that with just money, mm-hmm. right? Hey, happy birthday. Here's a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merry Christmas. He, you know, this for that. And, and when we got married, Amy's family, um, it, it was so different. It was like, Cards, written yeah. words of appreciation, <laughs> yeah. and then these small, sometimes handcrafted things, or, or just these small gifts that monetarily uh, were like really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And, and and the first time I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like right. And, and uh, now, over years and years, I, I've come to appreciate that and, and really live into that. But uh, again, recognizing the way I grew up, uh, that was just like. Uh, and even cards, right? Like I, I keep all the cards that my wife and uh, kids give me, but cards like Mm -hmm. Amy, she loves cards, Mm -hmm. right? Written words and expressions. Um, For any of you out there, if if you send me a card, um, I'm probably going to throw it out after (laughs) I read it. (laughs) At the same time, it means if you send me a hate email, I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) throw it out after (laughs) I read it. That's
2: the flip side of that
0: (laughs) coin. Oh man. So, uh, so just out of curiosity, what are your love languages?
1: Um, I'll, I'll start. So mine are gifts and physical touch. Oh, gifts. And I, I remember, you know, the, when Nate, when you said like, there is a tendency to be like, everyone should have this love language. I just remember the first time I took the test and I got... The, the result, you know, we're talking about it. And my cousin was like gifts. What you think you can like buy love? <laughs> yeah, and I you're
2: was so like, materialistic. Yeah.
1: I was like, no, yeah," <laughs> cause it doesn't have to be worth anything. It's yeah. just that, like, like you said, like the handcrafted little things or,
2: uh-huh. yeah. and, and I think in, in some ways it's like tangible. Like yes, there's like exactly. a tangible part of it. It's concrete, yeah. which is different than words of affirmation or yeah. t- like yeah. it's, it's a yeah. far more concrete thing. I uh-huh.
1: can like put on, you know, like a, a jacket that my grandpa gave me yeah. and say like, ah, oh, this jacket says yep. I'm loved
2: yep hmm. yeah so. my youngest daughter Lucy who um, she tends to keep lots of physical things mm-hmm. because they remind her hmm. yeah. of like the emotion behind that yeah. event or whatever and so yeah. gifts
0: gifts work that way for her what, yeah. what's at the bottom of your list
1: um, <laughs> at the bottom of my list is quality time uh-huh um, which is funny cause I think that's, I don't know. I've, most people are like, what? But all of my, my family has always been disparate. We've mm. always been scattered across the world and, you know, phone calls have been enough. And so, yeah. you know, it's like never questioned if I loved my siblings, right.
0: but. So, so distance doesn't, um, create distance in your heart.
1: No. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's not always the same on the other side, but for me, I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen this person in seven years, but I love them. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I know because I sent them a little gift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or they sent you one. (laughs) Yeah. Or they sent me one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh.
2: Uh, my, my top one is probably physical touch. Um, Uh, I I guess I'm thinking about what I like to receive and also what I tend to give like I'm very very affectionate with my kids I'm not much of a hugger in any other circumstance but with my family I'm I'm pretty much in like physical contact with someone whenever I'm around them (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so like like I yeah, it's funny because like at the dinner table, whoever sits at my right, I'm just they're just gonna like my <laughs> hand is just gonna like be on their shoulder, you know, or like or like rubbing their arm or whatever. So that's that's probably the the primary physical one. touch. Yeah, and mm. and I would say gifts tend to be towards the bottom. Okay. Mm. Um, again, part of that's the way that I was raised, and yeah. part of it is like my interests are so specific and weird.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to get me something that that I like was really mm-hmm. like that I really wanted. Yeah. I'm with you uh, with gifts at near the bottom and, and like mm-hmm. you, uh, my interests are very specific and, and people either say you're really easy to shop for, mm-hmm. um, or you're really hard, mm-hmm. you know, easy. Cause it's just like, I'll just get you an Amazon gift card mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <You know>? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or really hard. Cause what do you want? Like, uh, and, and well, th- the interesting thing is like you, I am very physically affectionate with my family, family, basically no one else, but, uh, it, it, that is not, that's probably third mm. on my list. The first would be uh word no, not words, actually words is probably fourth <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> I mean so it's so so near the bottom that um oh boy, this is a whole longer thing, but uh, maybe I won't get into it uh, near the top is um what is it acts of service mm. like so it, when somebody does something for me and this is both at home and at work mm. um I feel loved. Yeah. So when Amy like makes dinner, she runs our entire household. Like, and and I've said to her and we kind of joke around about this, Amy, if you never said, I love you for the entirety of our marriage, like I would know and I wouldn't need it. Mm -hmm. And hers is words of affirmation. And she's like, what? Like never. I'm like, no, as long as you're doing these things, I feel so cared for. Mm. Um, and with Amy, it's words. And, and like uh, what we were saying before, I remember when we were first discussing this, I was like, so I could just whisper a, a, a bunch of sweet nothings in your ear. And like, you'd be like, oh, she's like, yes. <laughs> and and to, for someone like me, where which where words is kind of near the bottom, it, it, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, even if I'm just like, it's just sweet nothings. Mm-hmm. She's like, yes, that would mean so much. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't understand that in a marriage, um, yeah, that, that could lead to a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I actually forgot that acts of service was in the list. Cause that's actually probably my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm trying to think of the, it's sometimes it's, I don't I'm not always very self reflective. So it's actually easier for me to think about what I tend to do when I'm trying mm. to care for somebody yeah. and it actually is acts of service. And uh, and when somebody is like this is a big one, when somebody's like, Hey, I'll do the chores tonight, and I'm like, Oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> you love me so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you I know. know? You yeah, know. I remember early on in, on in our marriage when uh, we had it was either our firstborn or secondborn. I think it was our firstborn. Um, you know, you, you're you just given birth. You're tired. You're trying to take care of the, 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 the newborn infant. And I remember like working my butt off. Okay, I'll go wash the dishes. Yeah. I'll do this. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. Yeah. Hey, just you just relax. And she, Amy just kind of saying like at some point, like she wanted words of yeah. affirmation yeah. more so than all the things I could do. Yeah. She wanted to hear that. Uh, I thought she was so beautiful and, yeah. and things like that. And oh I was like, yeah. Oh, you know? So th- those are lessons you just got to learn. Yeah. So here's a here's a, a thing
2: I wish I knew about relationships and marriage mm. that uh, ties into all this, which mm-hmm. is that I wish that I wish that I had known earlier on that it's actually healthy to ask for what you need and what mm. you want mm. instead of like, sort of try, assuming, like, yeah, or expecting <laughs> the other person to yeah. know or to read that. Yeah. And what made me think of it is that just a couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife Amy, and I appreciate Sung and I both uh, both of our wives are named Amy. I appreciate that's confusing. <laughs> this one's my Amy. Uh, she actually. Actually asked me like, "Hey, today could you compliment me?" So I often compliment her physical her, her physical appearance because I think she's really pretty and whatever. Um, it's like my patter. Uh, she asked, "Could you compliment like my mind?" For today. Mm. So I just spent the day like when I would normally say like, hey, like that outfit looks really cute. I'd be like, you're so good at marketing your business. <laughs> and she, I mean, it was again she was able to say like, I really need I really need some affirmation <laughs> about all these other because she works really hard mm. and a lot of the work that she does is really behind the scenes yeah. on her business, you know. Um, and uh and so she was just like, Can you just like compliment like how hard I'm working on this right now, even though no one's gonna see the back end of this website and it's <laughs> but it's taken me like all week. So every time I wanted to say something else, I would just be like, you know, just say something that was true, but that was like um appreciating her unseen qualities. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, with asking for what you need, the other thing is, you know, like with Sung, you know, a lot of times we want to love people the way we want to be loved Mm -hmm. Um, or like, you know, for me, a lot of times like, oh, I'll take like the worst chore um, Mm -hmm. and I'll, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll like wash the dishes because that's so much worse than cleaning the bathroom. Like I'll do that every single time. Um, and then my, you know, I, this is like not a marriage relationship, but my roommate will be like, Oh, there are,
2: there's definitely (laughs) some parallels. Yeah. Yeah,
1: My roommate will be like, Oh, I hate cleaning the bathroom. Like, can I wash the dishes? And I'm like,
2: yeah, why? Sure.
1: Go for it. You know, but like, I think sometimes asking for what we need, not only like allows someone to love us well, but also can, can be us loving them well, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And giving people the opportunity to love us well. Like, I mean, it's amazing how often I've been sort of like hesitant to ask for what I need in terms of, in terms of, something in my relationship and then when I put it out there just realizing people that love you are looking for ways to (laughs) love you well they are you know so if you you, if you don't say that you're actually not giving them the
0: opportunity and most people are enthusiastic yeah you know so it can seem selfish yeah when in fact it's Uh, the basis of a ongoing Mm -hmm. trusting, growing relationship. And again, obviously there's like healthy ways to do it and unhealthy ways
2: to do it, but in a healthy way, in a healthy relationship, being vocal about what you need or what your needs are, that is, that is a huge step in the right direction.
1: And I, I think I also want to just like, cause I think one thing a lot of times we're like, Oh, that's selfish or like, I don't want to ask for what I need. But then on the flip side, I think sometimes, and maybe this is mostly women, I don't know. Um, I'll see us be like, Oh, well, I don't want to let them off the hook. Um, by te- just telling them what they, oh, what yeah. I need. Like, oh. I don't want to like, just like give them <laughs> the easy route of like, do you know, they should be able to like figure it out or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just like something. Or if they do there. it because they,
0: because I told them that it yeah, won't be genuine. Then it's right. not genuine.
1: Right. Or like there's just like this like desire for people to just figure us out. And I just want to say that's like not how lasting relationships survive or or thrive. Um, Because, yeah, again, it's. I think it's not letting, letting you off the hook by saying like, Hey, this is the type of compliment I need. Cause you're still like, you know, speaking from the heart and able to say yeah. things that you just don't realize aren't assumed or yeah. don't realize someone needs to hear. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to like also call out that lie that we sometimes tell ourselves. Yeah.
2: No, that's really good. That's, that's really good. Um, I, I think about cause it's, and I'll say it's not exclusive to women cause I'm also sort of wired that way. I'm yeah. sort of like, if you loved me, you would figure me out, but that's, yeah that's not fair you know it's it's sort of like give give the person you care about a head start and then let them (laughs) do some figuring you know sort of creativity with a head start a little Mm -hmm. bit um but just sort of like sitting around and waiting for someone to like love you enough to figure you out that's not really that's not you loving
0: them well Mm. it's just not where do you fall on the continuum christine
1: um i tend to fall more toward the uh the not saying um well, yeah, not not saying what I need. I'm like I'm like trying to learn okay. to to say what I need, but for me it's more the selfish like, oh, I don't want to be selfish and say. Mm-hmm. And then I've just been learning like, oh, people are trying so hard to love me, <laughs> and they like just don't like they don't know wh- what to do. So they're trying yeah. all these things. I can just like let them like not have to work as hard spinning yeah. their wheels yeah. trying to figure it out right
2: like let them like let them sort of spend their energy doing things that are actually gonna you know produce
0: like benefits not not just like the figuring exactly. it out yeah. yeah yeah um i was gonna say because an incident that happened uh recently christine um was uh, um, we, we, you, you had the church minivan. I had, I had your car, oh, all, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And, and then you were sick the one day. And then we, we had planned like, Hey, we'll meet at the office and then we'll uh, exchange keys. You could, you know, t- you could take your car back. And, and, um, and then uh, uh, it, well, this was this is my reflection at the end of that day. I remember thinking like, um, cause I, uh, what was it? Oh, you said, Hey, how long you'll be in the office? You weren't in the office. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I was like, Hey, I'm here most of the day. And then I just thought, well, it, it, and I, I think you recently moved. I know where you used to move, live was like, you know a long ways away. Yeah. So I still had this idea like, Oh man, she's got to drive like 45 minutes to come here. So I was like, Hey, just, um, yeah, we could do this tomorrow. No big deal. And you're like, Oh, that'd be great. And afterwards I was thinking like, man, that, that's like Christine's two coming out, uh, wanting yeah. to please wanting to, yeah. to, you know, and, and then, and then somebody told me maybe it was Amy, like, Oh, she's still sick. I'm like, Oh yeah, she's <laughs> sick. Yeah, like, What the heck is she? Th- she should have just told me, Hey son, I'm not really <laughs> yeah. feeling well today. Like, uh. And, and, and so uh, <laughs> and that's been true of my Amy too Yeah. over the years. And, and she still struggles with this a bit, but she's come a very long way. But but that whole idea of like, well, if it, uh, she doesn't say this, but there is this kind of mindset of like, oh, I, I thought you would just know we've been married for so long. Yeah. It's like, no, you know, guys are just stupid. We still need to know <laughs> after 20 some years of marriage. Sure. You know and um and then I'm on the other end right she's, yeah. she's like, "No, son usually, I know what you need yeah <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're so <simple>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so i I think that here's another thing i I wish I knew is that uh, uh expectations unspoken or other mm. expectations uh set you up for um." Just bad things. Yes, yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Most yeah. Of the disappointment, time, legitimately. resentment. Yeah. Um, especially when they're unspoken. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, um any thoughts on that?
2: That's good. <laughs> no, I'm 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 actually really glad you said that because I, I think that the um and again, this is a conversation I had with with my wife Amy a ton. The the disparity between expectation and reality. Yeah. Um is is a, is a is a regular significant source of conflict mm. in our life mm. and it's because and it tends to happen at least in our relationship because we both are very creative mm. and very visionary and sort of like always have a plan. And if our plans are in disparate directions, which mm. they often are, it's sort of like, oh, I, I guess I really thought that we were going to spend the day doing this. And she'd be like, oh, I, I actually planned all of this because I thought you were going to want. And so those expectations being in different directions, it's not malicious, yeah. but because they were never communicated, it will it is a, it is a regular source of conflict in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I remember maybe, I don't know what year in our marriage, year seven or something, you know, uh, I I think it was Valentine's day or something when, when I got her roses and things. And unlike previous years, I, I, I I got gotten her gift, some flowers, um, but had not, um, given her a written card Mm. and, um, I, I I just remember very distinctly, she's saying, look, all these are great, mm. but what I want more than any mm. of those things is, and, and it was the first time that that was expressed. Yeah. Mm. And for the first time for me to go, oh, this is the, ex-, it, it's not so much because all the previous years it's like, hey, here's some flowers or chocolate. Here's a card. I love you. And then this first year where it was like no card mm-hmm. and, and maybe she didn't realize it either, but it was just like that unspoken expectation of yeah. this is actually what I really want mm-hmm. more so than all these other things. Again, a real light bulb moment for us. Yeah. I, I think
2: the, uh, what, what comes to mind as I talk about this, um, is, or as we talk about this is that there is a huge part of success in a relationship that is, Um, deciphering and identifying your own expectations. Mm -hmm. Like there are many times where uh, especially early in our marriage where the lines were crossed that neither of us knew were there
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. You
2: sort of like cross a line that neither of us knew was a big deal until suddenly we were past it. And it was like, Oh no. But, um, and I think part of its maturity, uh, there's all sorts of things that go into it, but I think we have a responsibility on our end of any relationship to seriously be sort of plumbing the depths of our own Mm -hmm. expectations and desires Uh, because it drives, I think it drives so much of what we do. And if you're not aware that that's where it's coming from, again, it's disappointment, it's resentment, it's a whole laundry list of, of problems that, that can be, that they are avoidable. It takes some work, but they are avoidable Mm
0: -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. front end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, with like deciphering your own expectations, one of the the images that comes to mind again is like that bank analogy where I think a lot of times this, I don't know if this is Enneagram 2 specific or if it's like everyone, but um, a lot of times instead of like storing up good things, up from our relationship i think twos tend to be like oh i've done this good thing so i'm depositing something in the bank and i ho-, like i'm depositing something so that eventually i'll be able to cash it in right mm-hmm. like there's that expectation of oh if i do enough good things then i can i've earned a favor or i've earned you oh, know what i mean like there's just this like expectation of yeah if i do enough i earn mm. such and such and that's like one of those things where um I think just, just knowing your expectation and realizing like, okay, no, you, if like, first of all, express your d- needs mm-hmm. um, and expectations, but also like start thinking about why you're doing those things. Yeah. Cause like yeah. you don't, that's not how relationships, healthy relationships work. <laughs> it's not like a, you know, cashing in a favor. You're not like earning, um, you know, love in any right. sort of way.
2: I mean, it's, it's a, l- this to, if you carry it out to its logical end, it's manipulation. Yeah. And I yeah. And I am not I'm not saying that as like a gotcha, but just no, really to, to identify it as such when you do things with the hope that it will produce a response from someone either out of obligation mm-hmm. or without them being aware of what you were doing on the front like that's manipulation
0: yeah. you know and i think that's a temptation for 2s mm-hmm. uh, this and this goes back to season 2 yeah. <laughs> of the enneagram 2 which is yeah. like that that the flip side of mm-hmm. their warmth and charity is manipulation mm-hmm. yeah but again that whole tit for tat i'm doing this and and i think that 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 whole idea th- makes me think of another Concept, which is things I wish I knew that marriage isn't 50 50. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100 100. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, Nate? Uh,
2: Simply that you you like the the concept of I need you to meet me halfway. That's that isn't actually how it works. It's Mm -hmm. like I'm going to put maximum effort towards reaching you. And if you put maximum effort towards reaching me, Mm -hmm. then regardless of where either one of us is, it's sort of like. I, there have been times in my life sometimes it's 70 30 you mm-hmm. know sometimes i mean in my in my darkest moments it was 90 10 mm-hmm. and because amy was always willing to give 100% she continued to meet me even when i was doing really poorly mm-hmm. if she had sort of s- sat at the 50 yard line and i was i was mentally physically emotionally spiritually unable to make up that other 40% mm-hmm. i if i could have done it out of sheer will i would have but i couldn't and if she had been waiting at the 50 percent mark that would have been that would have been yeah. the beginning of the end right you know
1: which is like not what culture tells us marriage no. should be like right, right? right. marriage or you know culture says like oh no you should never have to go more than 50 yeah. percent if you do you know then just walk away yeah um and that's yeah
0: and, oh go ahead and that's the that whole mentality 50 50 creates this uh, environment of distrust mm-hmm. where like, like I'm saying at the 50, if you want me to take one more step and you haven't taken a step towards me, yeah. right. Especially in arguments and mm-hmm. disagreements, like I'm only going to go this far uh, unless you co- are willing to come your, you know, come your way uh, to, to halfway to this. Um, that, that is just not, and we'll talk more about this next episode uh, with conflicts and disagreements, but that, that is not the base. That's not the mentality. That growing marriages will have. Yeah.
2: So I do want to go back to something that we said just to put a a little bit of a finer point on it, real quickly, where we talked about like, um, uh, sort of like, Doing something in the hopes that someone else mm, will do. Mm-hmm. Something. I think if that's spoken, I actually think that that can be a tremendous strength in a marriage. Mm. If it's if it's unspoken, it's unhealthy. If it's spoken and it's an agreement, I, it's one of the ways that we have found our marriage works really well. Mm. Where it's kind of like, how you feeling? You know, like you don't want to do this. Well, if I did that for you, I'm sort of like dreading this task. Would you be, Ah, and oftentimes you can find ways where you can play to each other's strengths. And we do that a ton. I mean, we do that a ton. Um, and so like if you're, if, Again, there's a million ways that can it can be unhealthy. Yeah. But in in a healthy, if we're talking healthy framework, there's plenty of times where I think it's reasonable to say mm-hmm. I am exhausted. Would you be willing to X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. And sort of say, and I I know that that's a big ask for you. What could I do for you that mm-hmm. would sort of like
1: make room? Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. And I, you know, my brother and sister in law do this all the time. They've got five kids. Like mm-hmm. three of them are teenagers. Two of them are uh, the are like in elementary school mm-hmm. they've got a lot going on they do that all the time like hey if you do this can i do this and can i do this so that you can do and it yeah. it it's a really it's a it's a healthy way to manage a ton of responsibility yeah.
1: mm-hmm. and i think i think there is like one thing that i want to point out is that like first of all it's communicated in a healthy way yeah. mm-hmm. but then second it's like not an expectation it's an ask right. it's not like yes. oh that's oh, so good yeah you like i you should be doing more for me if I agree to do more for yeah. you. You know, it's like, it's like no, could you? Because yes. this is where I'm at. Um, and I really think that's point. the other thing to, mm. yeah, just point out. So
0: here's a question for you, Nate. Okay. Put you on the spot. Okay. Now, while we know that um, good marriages can have uh, recurring seasons of going through difficulty and challenge in winter, as we've talked about that in a number of different episodes about seasons or relationships, um, is it possible for even really good and growing marriages to have irreconcilable differences.
2: I'm so, I mean that's tricky, right? Did you mm. say good and growing marriages mm-hmm. to have ir- irreconcilable differences? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Answer a question with a question. This is always my escape plan. What what, what are we what are we calling an irreconcilable difference? Mm. Like something that that you will never see eye to eye on? Yeah. Um yes, t- 100%. One hundred percent. But here's all of here's my primary caveat. Again, it has to be spoken, mm. and your the the way that you address that has has to be on the same page. Like you can say, "I believe this," and "I believe this," but mm. you have to be willing to say, "But we're going to agree mm-hmm. that we're both going to do this." Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that point of unity, even if it's not it, even if it's not theoretical or philosophical unity is I Mm -hmm. think the big difference if it's, if you kind of are saying, I believe this and I'm never going to compromise on that. And I believe this and I'm never going to compromise on that. I think that's a recipe for perpetual conflict and like the Mm -hmm. slow degradation of trust. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience, but I've seen lots of couples that have sort of said, look, we we're not on the same page about this, but we've decided as a family, Mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do. And that really works. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, just a quick, quick story time. Um, nice. <laughs> uh So I'm the youngest of seven, which has been really Im- important for me in viewing, like seeing six marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, five of which have like really thrived and, and my siblings really let me in behind the scenes in cool ways. And one of those is my brother, um, married his wife who he never dated, never went, you know, they were friends. She ended up, getting pregnant with his child. And so they said, Hey, we're going to make this work one way or another. Mm. And so it's been really cool seeing that he's, he's often talked to me. He's like, this is not ideal, Christine. <laughs> you should never try this.
2: Yeah,
1: But the thing that has been inspiring is how they've pursued unity because mm. they are such different people. Mm. And so I feel like as I've seen them grow closer, like I would say five years ago, when this happened, um, they were not in love, and now I, they they would say they are in love um, because they've worked hard at being in love. Um, but there are all these different things where I'll see them say like, "Oh yeah, you know, on this issue, we are in vastly different camps." But where our kids, because they now have a second kid, mm. um, where our kids are concerned, like we're going to. Um, like keep that out of out of the equation. We can't fight about this every single day. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, just seeing them continue to like pursue love and want to like love each other in a way that their their kids are going to see.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things that, and I know we're talking about marriage, but um, but one of the things that Amy and I have consistently said to people when they ask us for parenting advice, which is that being on the same page is Way more important than being a perfect parent Mm -hmm. because each person can sort of like, if each parent person is parenting as they imagine it to be perfect and it's different, even if they do it perfectly according to their own standards, Mm. that will create a, a room in their relationship with each other and relationship with the child Mm -hmm. for things to go haywire. Child is going to learn kids learn so quickly that like, Oh, if dad says no to this, but mom is always says yes, then I'm going (laughs) to ask mom, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly now it's a marriage conflict because you're saying, well, I said no to that, but you said yes. Right. So it's like being on the same page is way more important than parenting perfectly. And Mm -hmm. I think it's true in, in marriage as well. It's like way more important to be on the same page. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the whole idea that, uh, you know, people will, uh, dissolve a marriage, get divorced because of irreconcilable differences. Mm -hmm. I guess the point I was trying to make in in asking that question is even the best marriages will have irreconcilable differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Like there is no, uh, like, it's not like great marriages. There are none. I, I mean, in fact, um, I think, I think (laughs) all marriages will have some irreconcilable differences Mm -hmm. because you're not the same person, whether not just personality, but values or outlook on, well, I don't care if it's politics or money. Like you're going to have things that like you will never become like the other person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like you were saying, Nate, the the more important thing is uh, can there be mutual respect and communication and understanding in the midst of it, even if you continue to hold your position on whatever the issue is yeah. and that you can approach it with unity and um, And this is a whole other area of like you know the the idea of disagreeing in private. And this is kind of more parenting, mm-hmm. uh, but it also relates in, in marriages and relationships, right? You you uh, you can disagree and debate in, in private, but especially when it comes to parenting, you you want to be on the same page. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Now that my kids are older, I try to have our fights mm-hmm. in public. Amy, that's actually an irreconcilable difference. Amy does not like it that <laughs> I do that. But I think we're very good. At, I think we're very good at fighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we engage in conflict in a really generally really really healthy way so i'm like man let's let the kids see this Mm that we disagree amy does not agree so really so often i will (laughs) our compromises i will start a fight in public and then we will move Mm in private
0: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) no what we actually do is i often talk to the kids after the fact like hey you heard mom and i talking about this this is how we sorted it out and this Mm -hmm. is where we landed Mm -hmm.
0: but Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah we we have more of our uh disagreements in, in in public with our kids mm. because part of it is we want them to see um just even how we engage in disagreement mm-hmm. yeah right it's not shouting and yelling and cursing and mm-hmm. defaming the other person but really it's just respectful and and and, and, and they see like oh a, a person gets hurt mm-hmm. but you can forgive yeah reconcile Um, now now they don't see the whole process through every argument Mm -hmm. but um, you know and and there are times where we'll say hey let's step aside Mm -hmm. because it's a little bit more sensitive but um, or the kids are like, "Mom and Dad, will you please go in the other room? Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to read a book." Yeah, <laughs> our kids don't say that. They just pretend to keep doing what they're doing oh, without really? knowing yeah. what's just going like, on. <laughs> yeah. and they just That's bury exactly their right. head further. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: But I will say though, like as again as the youngest of in my family, like it's been so impactful because growing up, like we didn't see that. We didn't mm. see healthy conflict. Mm. I think ever. And so my siblings who are older have been so intentional about saying like, after a fight is resolved, doing that Nate, like taking, you know, calling me up and saying like, Hey, you know, like Paul, my oldest brother, he, when I was in high school and college would call me and he'd be like, Pam and I just had a fight about this. And, you're going to have this fight someday too when you're (laughs) married because we grew up with the same dad. And so like, here's how we walked through this and here's how like, you know what you can be doing now. And, and just like walking people through conflict can make such a big impact on yeah. their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all of you out there who are good at conflict, invite people into that, you know, like in healthy ways. Don't be like, hey, <laughs> hey. join me in this fight <laughs> against my wife. No, but like, you know, like helping people, uh, like realize that there is healthy conflict. Yeah. For some people, that's a revelation. Yep. yep. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think in good m- marriages too that are growing, um, there's this understanding that trust builds over a a long period of time you know to establish that level of trust and uh kind of again the topic we'll get into next episode that trust can be taken away in just a quick moment yeah right yeah so um yeah And, and trust means building that 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 kind of relationship day by day Mm -hmm. where you are demonstrating trustworthiness Mm. Mm -mm. more so than demanding trust from the other person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you, you're working on yourself. You're, you're, you're showing yourself to be trustworthy in words and action. Mm. Um, so,
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm excited to jump back into that next
0: week. Well, let's, <laughs> let, let's just end this episode and get to the next episode then. That's right. I'm ready to talk yeah. about fighting. I don't know about the rest of y'all.
1: Uh, well, we will see you all next time.